Welcome to the Partners Financial Podcast, a podcast designed for you with insights from fellow members as well as NFP and Partners Financial experts. Hi, thank you for joining me. I'm Kristen Bulat, and today I'm excited to be joined by two leaders at NFP who are here to talk to us about uh, human resources and work and working from home and where we go as we transition out of this pandemic. So today I have Mike James and Mary Steed, who is Chief People Officer at NFP. Um, and Mary and MJ are going to talk about NFP's focus and priority and you know give you our listeners some tips for things that you could do with your own staff and ways to think about transitioning back to getting people working in a way that makes sense for them. So MJ is here. He's going to kick us off and talk about NFP and the steps that were taken a little over a year ago now to really protect our employees and keep our business running. So MJ, thanks for joining me today. Thank you, Kristen. And good to be with you, Mary. Um, I'll uh, take a little trip back down memory lane. Um, Some people want to forget about 2020, but I think it's given us some real silver linings as we look back on what we've done. So I think a perfect setup for Mary's commentary is to is to go back. You know, back in March of 2020, um, NFP had the Herculean task of standing up its entire company to the tune of 95% of all employees and functions were operating remotely, um, which was a really tall task. So it took us, um, uh, several weeks to pull that off. Our CTO, Mark Grosner, and his team and our HR team and our executive team uh, all got together to pull that off. And, and I think, you know, people might not, might not think that was a stage setting exercise for what will come. But NFP took, took the opportunity to look at their employees first, make sure they were safe and secure where they were. Um, they shared, they documented, memorialized, and shared every step and posted it to our public site. I thought that was one of the game-changing moves that we um, took in the marketplace. Not many organizations were sharing their entire blueprints on what they were doing to stand up their businesses and operate efficiently. But we did. I think we got lots of feedback from customers and clients that were thankful that we were in a position to do that. Um, We learned some valuable lessons while working over the course of 2020. Um, We found more efficient ways to communicate, um, to collaborate, to work together, to use innovative technology. Um, And, you know, if you could have a virtual culture, I think we created the gold standard for it because We've been in virtual cultures and subcultures for the past year. And I'm really proud to be a part of a team that has embraced that. But that has set us up to look at where the company is and where it will go, what the macro environment will be asking for, what are the demands on leaders for new workforce capabilities and trends. And so, you know, I, I, I think again, I'm really proud to be at NFP because we're thinking about it early. We're thinking about ways um, to make sure that we are set up to compete and uh, for the long haul. So I'll stop there. I'll uh, you know pivot 
back to you, Kristen, and, and to Mary, but, and I'll be happy to add any anecdotes, but I'm, you know, I think people needed just as a, by way of setup, a little bit of a historical perspective on where NFP has come from. Thank you. That was, that was helpful, MJ. Before we pivot to Mary, do you have any um, valuable lessons or takeaways that you learned from 2020 in the process of creating the gold standard of virtual work that you're going to roll into the next coming years? Yeah, I, there was a deliberate format that we created every week. We, we got ourselves into a task force environment. So every week there was a, 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 a central place that leaders uh, in the company could come together. Um, there was a formal agenda. We had a champion um, in the company, Veronica Mo. She was amazing through that entire process. And she works uh, in New York on our legal team. And, and she kept us all together. She kept us informed. Um, and she was a part of sub task force, you know, activity all over the company, but she brought us, she brought leaders together with a, with a formal agenda. We checked every box every time, even if there wasn't any new updates. And just think about that. She probably brought a couple dozen people together every week with a standing agenda and we went through it. And we did that for months. Mary, I think we did it for the better part of 2020. That to me was, was an example of discipline and commitment to making sure that we were leaving no stone unturned and we were excited and committed to making sure all employees and our business was in as good a shape as it could be. That was the big takeaway. That was that. And I imagine, Mary, that that discipline and, and focus and sort of real commitment to taking the best care of employees possible is what you're seeing as you look at 2021 and the future of work. And, you know, can you talk to us about what sort of NFP's thinking and, you know, maybe some takeaways that our firms could use for their own employees? Absolutely. Thank you. Um, and, and MJ said it best, it was an unprecedented year as, as everybody has, knows. Um, we were faced with challenges, but we did organize ourselves early. Um, I actually remember being in our New York office at the end of January uh, when Doug Hammond said, hey, we better get on this. Let's get organized and start thinking about how we're gonna approach and respond to what's happening. And, uh, and safety of our employees was paramount um, during that time. And we have established very clear procedures as offices have reopened. Most of our offices are actually still at like a 50% capacity if they're open at all. And as we think about where we are, the vaccines are coming out, the, the landscape has changed. Um, we don't we know we won't get back to a completely normal work world with what has happened and where we are. It doesn't exist anymore. And we're trying to find the right upside and the opportunity of redefining our office of the future. Um, we are also a people first organization and our commitment to culture and connection remains very high. Um, I'll say this, and, and some of our other leaders have said it, we will, during this time, we saw Google and some of the big companies say, no one's coming back to work until the end 
of 2021. And we're never going to be a 100% remote company, but we also have to listen and be proactive to what's happening in the work world. When we look at, we surveyed our own people and our own supervisors and our own people match the statistics that 87% of our of employees said they were able to perform their job the same or better working from home compared to working in the office. 40 and 42% of our labor force in the US are now working from home full-time compared to 2% prior to the pandemic. And so we need to be prepared for that. And also think about some of the challenges that you have faced as leaders and make sure you know, you're thinking about what you, know, what you need to be focused on. And you know, some of those are that we heard from our own managers are staying connected with colleagues and team members, staying connected with clients, engaging with new prospects, I think people have figured out it can be done over Zoom rather than traveling. Um, I think a biggest, a big item that we heard from our leaders is managing the volume of video calls, Zoom calls, and virtual meetings because we all had to figure out how to engage with our people uh, quicker and more frequently. We can't just walk down the hallway and step into somebody's office and say, you know, hey, what's going on with this or that? You know, it actually creates time scheduling meetings. So I think as, as leaders uh, in your offices, I would look at some key considerations to kind of think about and what we've been thinking about at NFP uh, in, in where we're defining our future of work is first of all, you have to ask, what are your employees saying? You know, we know our employees are saying and waiting for us to say, what's going to happen when this COVID ends? What is my future work going to look like? And, you know, you need to be uh, be able to understand what they're saying. Uh, are they even with this? People have learned, you know, how to balance their family plans and balance around children and school. And it's put a whole new perspective on that flexibility of being able to do that post-COVID. Are people uh, wanting some engagement in your office? Do they want to be 100% remote and never want to come back in? And what does that look like for certain roles in your organization that may require more engagement or less? I think another big one that you need to consider is what is the talent pool saying? We saw turnover in the middle of COVID because somebody received an offer from a company that said, you'll never have to work. You can work completely 100% remote. And we're still seeing that um, where, where companies like, oh, you know, I got a, a better offer, but they also, I don't have to work in the office at all. So that's a hard balance, right? Because again, we are a culture and connected organization. And then I think technology is a big one. You know, obviously we've, we've had Zoom, uh, Zoom calls, uh, but we also use a platform called Teams, Microsoft Teams. It's part of the Microsoft 365 application. And in like two months, 
NFP had 400 users and went up to, you know, thousands of users in just a couple of months. It was pretty incredible with no training. Now we have that training. So what, you know, what technology resources do you, do you might need to think about for the future? Um, opportunities for real estate decisions. If you have a flexible um, working environment and some are maybe 100% remote, sometimes we hire specialists that are even in another city to work for our organization. Do, does your future workspace, does it need more collaborative work arrangements versus dedicated space? Finding that mix of dedicated, flexible, collaborative space in your office. And then leading your teams. I think um, one of the things that we have been working on is rolling out a training program for our managers. And this was started during the pandemic, knowing that everybody was managing, you know, a remote workforce, but thinking about it in terms of a blended team, some in, some out, et cetera. And as we've developed that, we're kind of looking at four key areas related to leading a blended team. And you've got to have trust. You've got to have trust with your employees. You have to be able to understand what they're doing uh, and, and create that openness and transparency and communication and not paranoia. You've got to have trust. Uh, you got to have connection and culture. We are big on relationships at NFP. MJ knows that. He, he waves the flag. Um, you got to have people, you know, you got to be able to talk to people who may are not your direct reports and figure out how that's going to be done. You got to, people need to be accountable and you have to set accountability um, that goes along with that trust and figure out how, you know, you can, you can understand what, what people are working on and how you, they are supporting meeting your organization's objectives. And then just that overall, a blended structure how to lead and manage in that blended work environment where you need to think about the inclusiveness of people. Are they getting included in this and how you're going to set up the call or the in-person meeting? What is that going to look like for the future? So it, it's a lot, but I think I would just start this conversation by, by be thinking about it. Most of you may already have this thought um, going on in your heads, but it's gonna change. And I think it's not going away. So it's something we all need to think about to support you know, your employees and your organization. So yeah. can I kind of narrow in on that? You know, MJ was talking about the discipline and the focus and really sort of taking the transition and the COVID pandemic and step-by-step step and being pretty methodical about it. And, and it was interesting because you were mentioning you know, those big companies that said, oh, we're just, nobody's coming back for a full year. We don't even care what's happening, but there's vaccines. We're getting them more frequently, but there's also new variations. It feels like it's still so evolving. And, and yet it's been a year that we've been working from home. So how would you encourage our firms to implement a more methodical strategy so that they're not like everybody back, nope, gotta go back to home and, you know, and sort of just knee jerking into it's been a year, we don't necessarily want to be at home. You know, can you, yeah. do, are you guys working on sort of some processes that our firms could use? Well, we, we definitely already have um, processes in terms of what it would look like and what, let's, let's call it almost requirements 
of an office to be able to reopen. We first look at the um, positivity rates, the rates in that area where that office is and making sure that the rates of COVID um, positive rates are going down or are very low. Uh, we look for the office to have thought about their cleaning, safety, social distancing. We require masks and will require masks for some time, even though the vaccines are getting out there. Um, we really are focusing on, you know, no more right now than if we're no one's at 100% back in. We're really focusing on do like a one third, start small you know, and then maybe move to a 50% rotational schedule. Um, you know, people in offices have the luxury of being a little bit more safe and can close their doors, uh, but people in workspaces, it's more challenging. So we're certainly focused on um, that social distancing, rotational schedules with masks. Um, and then I think, you know, you just got to, you, I look at this coming back to work like somebody returning from maternity leave. It's a big shock when you've been out, you take your new baby and you're got to be back in five days a week. So our approach um, certainly is get your toe in the door and, and, and get started, but while remaining safe as well. And also ensuring that you're accounting for people who have true medical risks that could be um, an issue or a fear in coming to the office. We've been super accommodating to that, as well as those with who are balancing children. Mm -hmm. in school. Yeah, that's very helpful. Yep. And, and I, I think you were talking, you know, about employees and retention and you know that you were at NFP you're looking at what is the role how much sort of in-person virtual is required to fulfill the, the job obligations and you know I think that that probably is a really helpful exercise for our firms to do also yeah it, you what you what you kind of focus on there is really um, the role you want to try to focus on a role, not a person, mm -hmm. right? Because you get mm -hmm. individual, um, you know, decisions and accommodations that may happen. Um, and, and a lot of it is really kind of opening, opening your mind up. We have, there tends to be like an expectation that, uh, you know, a top leader or the, the president of an office doesn't need an office or does need an office, but do they, you know, could you outstretch your thinking and say, is, could an office like the far end of the spectrum could be all collaborative or shared space? And there's somewhere probably in the middle that, that we will end, end up with. But we look at defining, kind of setting a framework around those roles in terms of uh, thinking how much dedicated space they need versus collaborative or in office or one fully remote. You know, we may have some back office roles that stay remote 100% of the time. And we're just we're just starting to kind of get into that analysis and and seeing what our leaders feel about that framework. Mm -hmm. That's helpful. Thank you. Um as we're sort of wrapping up and 
getting to the end of our podcast today. Are there any takeaways that you want to leave their listeners with some ideas that they should be, you know, working on in their own offices or, you know, new ways to be thinking about things? Yeah, I think based upon the things I spoke about today, um, you know, I would get your people together. I would ask what, you know, talk, listen, see how people are feeling. You may have already done that. You may know. But I think that's kind of the most important thing. I think that when we surveyed um, our people in the middle of the summer, um, one of the things that I we saw was the appreciation of the communication. Um, and they felt like that communication coming from the company that MJ spoke about too was, was really important. And uh, sharing where, what you're thinking, gather that feedback, listen, and talk about it. And I would imagine that, you know, if you have a small office and you talk to people eight months ago, maybe make sense to touch base with them again and see if that thinking has evolved as this has continued to be the world that we live in. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would add, um, you know, I think, you know, well, thank you, Mary, for, for sharing all that. That's, you know, there's a lot in motion. And I, you know, our commitment as a company has always been to share, you know, what we know. Um, we want to help, you know, all customers, you know, especially the, the businesses that affiliate with us, the businesses we own, the customers that flow through all those platforms. You know, this isn't an environment where it's not conducive to sharing. It is an environment that's conducive to sharing. And so, you know, I'm I'm just really happy that we're in a company that is taking on these big challenges. We're being as transparent as we can when we can. Um, but, you know, and and I think the marketplace is going to dictate a lot around where we end up on these things. Um, as Mary said, you know, competitors started right away in the middle of the pandemic, in the thick of things, you know, um, you know, poking their head around and hiring people and, um, you know, attracting new talent to their companies based on work-life balance. You know, where, where do you reside? Where do you want to work from? Mm-hmm. Um, that's like here to stay. <laughs> so, so I think sharing is going to be a big part of our future and, uh, you know, all the leaders at NFP, I, I think, are committed to that at the appropriate time. Absolutely. So, Mary, thank you for joining us today and sharing your expertise and you know, talking about what NFP is doing and giving our firm some tips. And MJ, thank you for talking about NFP's leadership and really, you know, helping to to define what it is that NFP is doing, so that you know, we can, our firms can use the same idea. So thank you both for your time today. You're welcome. Thank you.